1: Oh, cheers and welcome welcome to the scrum of the earth podcast the weekly show that brings you news reviews great interviews and anything else we can find frankly all about the world of rugby as you've no doubt noticed this is not your regular weekly episode it is in fact yet another bonus episode and today I'm just I'm pleased as punch to welcome back Scottish sensation and rugby prognosticator friend of the pod the amazing Rachel law Rach how are you?
0: I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for having me back this week. I'm very, very excited to chat all things quarterfinals and look forward to the semis this weekend.
1: So I know you you yourself actually took a bit of a knock recently. How are you coming along for that?
0: Yes, I did. I was playing um rugby for Watsonians um on Saturday, just gone um against Sterling, took a bit of a head knock, had to get some glue popped in my head. Um oh. so de- I'm fine, I'm totally fine. Um, but just precautions. Um they're super kinda hot on um concussion protocols over here, so seven weeks of, of nothing. So I'm not allowed to train this week, which I'm a little bit gutted about, but um better be safe than sorry. So hopefully be back.
1: Seven again. weeks, you said? Say that again. Seven weeks, you said?
0: No, sorry. I meant seven days. Sorry. One week. Sorry.
1: I was like, (laughs) they're going to need better glue, I think.
0: Yeah. No, sorry. Seven days. Seven days. And then hopefully she'll be back to it next week.
1: So this actually is a great transition because so last week we talked briefly about Holly Davidson and you mentioned how you've been refereed by her several times. And I realized I never even followed up and and asked you you know how it's going with Watsonians how's it going with your own rugby career um, where is your competition at right now
0: yeah so um been playing fairly okay recently um we are sitting mid-table at the minute we've had a few really really tight games um so kind of um people in the premiership Watsonians Hillhead Jordan Hill um Cougars Sterling um Geary Cartha and I've missed one who have I missed Anyways, we we're sitting kind of mid table at the minute. Um, been playing fairly well. Um, and yet just been doing away at the minute. Um, we're meant to be playing Cougars this weekend. Um, obviously I'm not available because my head, but um, that should be a fairly fairly close game. Um,
1: how yeah. many? Uh, how late in the season are you going to go? How how much longer is your season?
0: So we our season normally runs from kind of September time to normally about February. Um, and then we have a cup competition. So the league kind of runs from September to February, and then all the teams go into a cup competition. Um, and there's kind of various levels of the cup, cup, shield, bowl, all the rest of that. Um all oh, wow. the teams in, in Scotland are involved in that. And then the the normally the um cup final is played at Murrayfield or was last year anyway. And um, we played against Hills in the final um at Murrayfield last year. So yeah.
1: wow. Oh wow. February rugby, that, that could get rough out there.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, I don't know, why, why is rugby a winter sport? It's particularly as a scrum half, I'm, I'm absolutely freezing the
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, it's funny because, you know, I live in Massachusetts and so the Major League rugby season starts, uh, I guess, in February. But they just won't even schedule our home games because they know people just won't come. Like the pitch will be in terrible condition and like so... Two years in a row now, we've had to wait, I think, five weeks to have a home game just because they don't want to risk having nobody show up and, oh and or cancel it. And yeah, you know, because Blizzard can just sneak up on you. And if this was the NFL, they'd be like, screw it. People are going to come anyway. But, yeah. uh, you know, rugby's not in that position yet.
0: No, sadly not. Sadly not. My word, that's incredible.
1: Actually, it was funny too, because last year they, they waited and waited and then they finally had one and it snowed that day on opening day, of course. And oh, half God. the players are from places where it doesn't snow that much. And they were like, what the, what is going <laughs> on right now? <laughs> Every time there was a stoppage of play, people were doing jumping jacks and like running drills, just to try to keep warm. It was pretty awesome.
0: Freezing. Definitely a a base layer underneath the jersey one of those days.
1: Oh, yes. It was Under Armour Day all over. So, of course, we're back here again to discuss the Rugby World Cup quarterfinals, which took place this past weekend. Um, Same sort of question we started off with last week. How did you enjoy this latest round on a scale of one to ten?
0: Yes, I absolutely loved it. I don't think there was many surprises. I think based on our predictions last week, everything mm-hmm. went fairly as we planned, but some absolutely sensational plays of rugby on show. And from all teams across the board, it was it was a really, really fantastic weekend of rugby.
1: So the, the games themselves, and I will in fact include our little prediction results with it. Um, of course, we started off with France versus Italy. My little prediction had been France 32, Italy 12. You had said France 27, Italy three. The actual final score was 39 to three. So I was off by 16 points total and you were off by 12 total, but you nailed the, uh, I'm sorry. Right, right, right. So we were both close, but you definitely beat me in that one. Um, Italy didn't manage to score until right before halftime, which, you know, it sounds like they should have been in big trouble, but the fact was France only had 10 points themselves at that point. You know, what were your impressions of the first half? Did you expect more scoring than we saw?
0: So after 60 minutes, the game was France 13, Italy 3. And if to, to anybody who had been watching that game, it was tight as anything. France... France if they're going into the semi-finals um, against New Zealand this weekend they have got to be better than they played in that first half errors left right and centre handling errors were absolutely through the roof they didn't seem to be supporting each other in attack Italy I think it was about 11 or 12 turnovers Italy won and um, so France were just just weren't looking after their ball they weren't yeah. doing what France normally do and whether or not that was Something to do with what well, they've spoken a lot about it because I do love her. I think sansis is amazing. Whether or not they were missing her spark, her leadership, and her control, and whether or mm. not kind of Bourdon and and um, Joanne at ten were, were just not quite clicking, but something was just not there for France. And if they want to go into the semi final against New Zealand and put on a good show, they cannot play like they did in the first sixty minutes against uh, Italy.
1: There's no chance that France just didn't take it seriously, is there? Like in the in Six Nations for men, a lot of times teams are like, oh, it's Italy. Let's throw out some kids. Let's throw out the most experimental side we can think of. I don't think France was thinking that for a quarterfinal round in the World Cup.
0: I, I don't think so. There was a few kind of um... – so slightly younger players within that kind of squad of 23, but I still think that was a fairly strong um, squad that, that France put out. I don't think you can do that against someone like Italy who can throw curveballs now and again, the, the likes of Stefan and the likes of... Um, Rigoni, they're they thirteen, are fantastic players in in open play. They they're fantastic, so I don't think you can underestimate, it. I don't think you can go into a quarter final of a World Cup and and put out a poor squad. So I think Fran I don't I don't know what it was, but something was just not clicking. They seemed to nobody seemed to be on the same page, um, and I don't think they put out a, a weak side. I think it was a fairly decent squad. So they're going to need to correct some of their wrongs going into um, this weekend's fixture against New Zealand.
1: Well, as you say, um, so France eventually found their groove. They outscored the Italians 29 to nothing in the second half. Um, You know, what were some, some of your sort of highlights and takeaways from this opening match?
0: Yeah, so after kind of 62, 63 minutes, they started to come into their own. Now, I'm not sure if that was because potentially we they, they put on a couple of substitutes, there was a few tired legs out there, um. Mm. but yeah, they started to come into their own. They were nailing their scrums again, they were nailing their uh, lineouts, and, and and the accuracy was there, the accuracy of pass that we hadn't seen in that first 60 minutes was suddenly there. Now, I'm not sure if it was anything to do with the weather. I think we'll potentially touch on the weather in the other games um, coming Coming, coming up but um, yeah I, I don't know what suddenly started clicking for, for France but in the last 20 they, they found their groove as you say um, the accuracy was there the, the the kind of clinicalness of their kind of last passes to score was there so um, something, something must have changed, they started an offload game something that we hadn't seen um, them use in Ooh. the first half probably because they weren't even being able to get the first bits right so they weren't even getting the opportunities to, to kind of offload so something changed whether or not it was it was substitutes coming on there was a, a yellow card um and a, a penalty yep. try so whether or not that kind of helped with their um, kind of finding their float, a bit of confidence i guess um, but yeah something definitely clicked in the last 20 for them but they need to they need to bring that right out from the start um, against new zealand
1: people you know usually when teams are really even for the first 60 and then one team sort of you know just breaks out People always point and say, okay, that's fatigue. That's a fatigue factor showing up. I mean, is that part it didn't look like that to me? Did I don't think the Italians looked like they were out of gas. Um, no. did that have anything to do with it for you?
0: Yeah, as you say, like, I guess that's kind of the most common common the last 20s is, is is when that fatigue comes in and when the, the kind of tired bodies and you notice. I think there was maybe a certain element of that, but I think I think Italy played well throughout. I think. France played, played pretty poorly in that first sixty minutes, and then started to up their game. And I, I don't think there was anything in, in terms of 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 Italy's defence that they did any different. Um, in in kind of that last twenty, there was tired bodies out there. That the pitch looked kind of fairly heavy, and um, Italy have, have played some fairly. France have had some runaway games in their kind of pool stages. Italy's have been kind of more um, more competitive, so to speak. So whether or not there was an element of of carrying a few injuries um, and, and people kind of a bit fatigued could have played a part in that. But yeah, France seemed to find find um, a kind of fifth gear and and did press on and scored some quite frankly lovely tries. Stuff mm. that we should have seen from them throughout the whole eighty minutes.
1: Well, I would strongly urge them to not take three quarters to warm up this weekend. <laughs> I think that might not be uh, the most effective g- game plan we can, can, can bring, uh, bring in this time.
0: No, definitely not. And, that, and against coming up against New Zealand, that y- you need to be switched off on from that kind of first whistle. So um, there was lots of Lots of work-ons for France to think about um, heading into the Black Fronts, and they'll be fully aware of that as well. They'll, they'll know that um, they're, they're, that game against Italy was was not good enough and, and, and not going to book them a place in, in the final. So hopefully they'll be working hard this week um, and we'll see something good this weekend.
1: Well, speaking of New Zealand, they were, of course, up next against Wales. Um, I had predicted New Zealand 44, Wales 10. You had said New Zealand 52, Wales 8. Um, the actual score ended up being fifty-five to three. Um, once again, you were much closer. Uh, only if you look at both scores, you were only eight points off. You're you're good at this. I didn't know you were such a, an accomplished prognosticator.
0: Very much a guess game. Very much a guess game. To be honest <laughs> with you, but like we knew, we knew that the platforms were going to be good. We knew that Wales were were. Struggled a lot against them in the pool stages and and again had had some fairly tough games going, going into this quarter final against Scotland and against Australia in the pool stages. So tired bodies out there probably was one of those ones. And the Black Ferns, they are something else. They are absolutely unbelievable. So um, we knew it was going to be a, a, a high-scoring game and, and that Wales probably weren't going to be, be coming away with much. But yeah, 55 points to three, um, that ended. And to be honest with you, I think it could have been it probably should have been a bit more than that as well. There was a mm. few handling errors again that, that creeped into the Black Ferns um, games, things where you had a clear run in and, and, and it was just the last pass that didn't quite stick. So, um, no, we knew that was going to be a, a, a good game.
1: Well, Wales were a lot quicker than Italy were to get on the board. Uh, and when they did, that kick actually made it a mere 7-3. to three. Um, But unfortunately for them, that was just after like 15 minutes. And from that point on... It was just all Black Ferns. Um, New Zealand outscored them 48 to zip the rest of the way. Um, What were some of your takeaways from this one?
0: Do you know what? I actually thought Wales played some passages of nice rugby in that first half. There was a a beautiful um, move off, off a line out where... Um, Kit Lineup came off the the, the right hand side ball off the top to to Keira Bevan went to their um, ten um, snowsuit and she launched it back to the fifteen coming round with their their winger coming round and I think it actually caught the the Black Ferns off off guard a bit if the pass Ooh. had been slightly more in in front of um, I think who was it. Uh, Jazz Joyce. Um, if the pass had been slightly, slightly more in front of her, I think she would have ha- kind of made a bit more ground. But there was elements of, of Wales's game that were really, really good. I don't think they were physical enough. The the, the Black Ferns dominated them um, in terms of um, um, in terms of scrum time, in terms of of, of rocks and things like that. They were they were so dominant. And I think Wales struggled to even scramble defence. They 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 struggled to maintain possession. They struggled to kind of build any phases and and kind of get mm-hmm. any go forward ball. Black Ferns were coming up so quickly, shutting down any of their options. And I think Wales were a bit bit flat, a bit lateral. I don't think they 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 really moved the black ferns as much as you need to move the black ferns to get through them so um there was bits bits of it w- that were good bits of it that, that that weren't very good from from wales and and credit to the black ferns in terms of their defense they were there was no gaps for for the Welsh to go through i thought the black ferns were outstanding again that the offload game is 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 unbelievable the way they keep the ball alive is 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 sense it's magic it? it is' it's, I've
1: out of curiosity do you re-watch these games do you watch them and just kind of enjoy it and then go back and watch it to sort of see what you just saw
0: yes and you know <laughs> i think more than anything i i i quite like listening to the referee side of things as well and and, mm. and a lot of tmo decisions and, and things like that i'll re-watch it and i'll mm, yeah maybe would have given that maybe would have given that um i yeah i I'm a bit of a nerd, to be honest with you. I think in that regard, <laughs> um, I do. I do like to to kind of go back and, and watch bits and pieces, um, particularly the lead up to the to the scores. I do like to watch those bits and see um, how they've how they've actually done it. And see if I can s- steal any for Watsons. I go to Bruce, my coach, and I'll be like, I saw Portia Woodman do this, and I want to do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yes, we all saw Portia Woodman.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: So Kendra Coxage, she unleashed an incredible 55 passes on the day, which was more than double her opposite number, Kira Bevan. Any other players' performances sort of jump off the screen to you?
0: Um, I think we've got to talk about her because she's sensational. Portia Woodman, so she's just taken the... World Cup try scoring record. Um, she has just um, taken over from, I think it was actually her first one at the weekend. Um, so she's taken that record, which is sensational. She is such a powerful runner and her, the way that um, her and Ruby Tui, the way that they link up is is sensational. The two of them um, really kind of stood out to, to me. I think those stats, the stats that you just said about um the scrum half passing just shows just how much possession New Zealand had. They had yeah. all of the ball, they had all of the territory as well. Kicking game was forcing Wales back and, and the Wales back three, Jazz Joyce, outstanding, fantastic sevens player, but she was struggling to to kind of deal with the the pressure that the, the New Zealanders were were putting on her. Um I thought Fitzpatrick. Um, the the um, New Zealand twelve had an outstanding game as well, particularly on counter attack. She seemed to to spot gaps left, right, and centre. So, lots of really really exciting um, players that that were on show. Um, and I, yeah, um, I thought it was a, a fantastic um, performance by the Black Ferns.
1: Well, next up, of course, was England versus Australia. I had, I think we both predicted pretty big scores in this one. I said fifty-six to fifteen. You said forty-eight to twelve. So once again, you've kicked my butt at the at the prediction game. The final score was was actually forty-one to five. Um, we both predicted Australia would score more than either Italy or Wales, so we were right about that. Unfortunately, the difference was just two points. Uh, you know, England were. They were very even in their scoring. They got 19 in the first half and 22 in the second. It, it's my general impression that that's sort of part of their personality as a team, just being consistent in what they do. Do you think? Do you think I'm onto something with that?
0: Yeah, massively. How? They go through the motions, their line outs, their set piece is extraordinary. It is so good and it always seems to stick. The timing, they must practice that and practice that and practice that. And I guess being being a professional squad, that, that's all you do, I guess. You you go to work mm. and you practice your lineouts and practice your scrums and, and practice your kind of set piece. So yeah, I think it was it was we have to talk about the weather in this game because yep. Was it swimming or was it rugby? Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> there was definitely pitch. some diving going on. That
0: pitch, was it <laughs> the water that was coming off it? I was like, like oh my word, they're in an actual swimming pool. I yeah. think more than it was anything- a
1: photographer's. It was a photographer's dream. If your job is to get really compelling sports photography, oh, that was your day.
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. Oh, man. But no, it was, yeah, I think... England's set piece is what won it for them. We know they're fantastic, they've got a good scrum. Um, they've they've got their forwards kind of ruled the ruled the show, to be honest with you. Line outs, scrums were were top-notch. Um they're they're kind of picking goals at the base of the ruck um on on, on the kind of um Australian five-meter liner outstanding. Um they always, always, always managed to to make ground. So I thought Australia too many handling errors it was a wet day but they just could not hold on tight to the ball they just I don't know I I don't know what was happening they just couldn't seem to string any kind of phases together because they just kept dropping it
1: is there such a thing as getting good at playing in weather like that like it it seems like it would be an equal disadvantage for everybody is it possible that, like, if you're from a rainier nation than another nation, that, like, do you actually get better at it or is it just as slippery for everybody?
0: No, I, I think you're on to something there. I think, I would say Scotland it probably rains quite a lot. So we're not bad at playing um, in, in kind of wet conditions like that. I think that, that that would have benefited the the English. And I think more than anything, Australia, they've got a strong pack, but where they're good is, is probably out wide with their their wingers. That, that mm. weather condition that wasn't a game for wingers. That was an up-the-jumper style kind of game. And that's what England are, are good at. So I yeah, think yeah. they will have been better in those conditions. But I think the style of England's game suits those weather conditions as well.
1: Oh, interesting. So it's more about your game plan adjusting to those conditions than you actually saying, oh, I'm better at holding a slippery ball than you are. That's really great. That's a great point. Yeah.
0: Sport. One thing that I thought was quite interesting was, and I think this also shows the depth of the England squad zoe harrison is the only player to have started all four of the games for england only i didn't realize that wow yet, which the the depth that they have in all other positions and even in even in um zoe's position as well they've got plenty of people who can play 10 12 so for, for when i heard that i heard that on the, the the commentary i was like is that right and i went and had a look and it, it was right the wow. tech that they have within that squad and the, the skill set that they have within that squad is is fantastic. And another probably another reason that they were so clinical is they've not got tired bodies because they've been rotating players so much mm. that, that th- those players have had, okay, over the course of the last four games, they've had 80 minutes over the course of the last four games. You've had 60 minutes, you've had 74 minutes and all the rest of that. So mm. I think game management is been particularly good from the English management coaches and, and management team. Um, and I guess that's why they looked so so clinical and so fresh as well.
1: It does feel like at this level in particular, squad depth is pretty much the biggest weapon you've got with you. Like I think even in the, the 2019 Men's World Cup, like South Africa had their whole system of bringing people on after 45 or 50 minutes. And they just, there was just never tired people out there against you and like, Obviously it won them the whole thing. So
0: yeah, and I think lots of lots of teams put the gas pedal on in that last 60 minutes when you've got tired bodies in in front of you. If you've got England who haven't got a single tired body on there, that's that's gonna be a real tough challenge. And that's something that Canada are going to need to put the gas pedal on straight away um, and make sure they maintain that because there's not going to be any tired English bodies out there. They're going to be fairly, fairly fresh.
1: So Marley Packer's hat trick got her player of the match, but my favourite stat from this one had to be the possession over the, the final 10 minutes, which was literally 100% England. It, Italy just couldn't even get a sniff for a full 10 minutes, which is, which is mind-boggling when you think about it, right?
0: Mad, honestly mad. I think Australia's, they, as I said, first half nothing could stick. They couldn't, they couldn't maintain possession at all. I thought they, they just looked flat. I don't think they had any energy about them. They were getting quick ball, but they weren't getting over the game line, so they weren't able to to kind of do anything because their their carries weren't strong enough. The English defence was right up and on top of them. Um, they, they struggled with kind of line-out defence. They struggled with their scrum. It was just they were not having a, a good day, unfortunately. I think um, Grace Kemp, she had pretty good game for um, <clears> them. <throat> Australia and um, their their five. She was was getting up and attempting to spoil ball in the line out for, for um England. Um and I thought their nine uh Morgan, she had a pretty good game in particularly slippy conditions. Um she was was kind of still delivering quick ball. Um I don't think um Australia 10, who I spoke about last week, um I don't think she had a fantastic game. She she struggled again to to kind of hold on tight mm. to it conditions again playing into it only thing I would say was I thought the Australian score was quite nice to be honest with you there was a nice bit yeah. of, of interplay um, a good kind of offload and then a nice hands to, to kind of score it in the corner so hopefully Canada can take some notes and uh, and and then kind of how when the Australians managed to kind of compress that English defence to, to be able to get around them so yeah. yeah.
1: OK, well, that was the end of the quarterfinal round. So there's really nothing else to talk about, right? Ha
0: <laughs> ha, you're funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to talk about it because I actually, I actually don't think, I don't actually don't think the USA played that badly. I really don't. Albeit the scoreline wasn't fantastic and you and me both would have preferred it to have been the other way. But I actually don't think USA played that badly.
1: Well, before this one, of course, it was Canada versus USA. I guess I can begrudgingly admit that this match actually took place. Um, I, I had actually predicted a, a sizable loss, 25 to 12, and you had seen it much closer, 17 to 14. So to my credit, at least I at least I beat you in one of these predictions. I was actually closer for a change. Uh, you do, of course, win the prediction game three to one. Uh, so, so I think I'm out of the pool stages, but... Uh, um and it you know as you alluded to this one was closer than the uh, than the first two at least at halftime there was just four points between the two sides um the final 40 minutes meant a 20 to 3 run by the canadians um do you remember the exact moment that hope left your body because i do
0: yeah do you know what what a fantastic start for the usa um their game kits Link-ski, I think I've said her name right. Um, mm-hmm. going over the line, I thought fantastic start, and that is just what the Eagles needed to kind of get them going. And you know, they were they were in it for them. The at halftime, they were still in it. At sixty minutes, they were they were still holding on to it. I think for me the The moment of the match, I would say, was the Canadian. I think it was their second try. It was came out to their fifteen Allery. I think Allery Um, came out to their. That sounds right. Yeah, and she put a beauty onto her right foot, grubbered it through, and their um, seven Packwin picks it up and scores it. Absolutely outstanding piece of skill. That's probably when hope left my body, unfortunately. <laughs> 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 but, you know, I, uh, they, the Eagles looked tired. They struggled defensively to get around the corner. They, they looked a bit... Mm, kind of that's a great flat, point. Particularly in, the, in the kind of the last 20 minutes or so. There was lots of times that they, they were caught kind of numbers down and it was easy kind of walk-in tries for, for the Canadians just kind of passing it along the line and, and getting it out wide. But yeah, tough, a tough game to watch and a tough, but I, I, again, I, I'm going to maintain the fact, I do think that the USA put on a good show and there was some nice bits of skill within that game.
1: So the disallowed try, did that jump out at you at all? So I I, I really don't want to be like, Oh, the Eagles lost time to complain about the ref. Like and they beat us by way too much for that to have been the difference. But I did not think it was the regular protocol. Like they went to the TMO. He said, Oh, I, I see something here. She watched it. She said, okay, I'm happy with that. My initial st- call stands. And the TMO was like, no, no, no. I'm going to show you again. No, I'm telling you. And he kept insisting and that is not the TMO's role. Right. I thought no. it was real strange that he I mean and the fact is when you look at it enough you realize that was right but that's just not what the TMO is supposed to be for right it's like he was like I nominated himself lead official all of a sudden I thought it was weird
0: yeah I would agree with you on that I would agree with you totally I thought that the ref could have stood up for herself slightly more I think Mm. it could have just no my decision stands so yeah yeah, I wanted her to
1: say I've heard enough
0: yeah yeah, I, I know, yeah. As you say, it wasn't gonna change the game, but right. uh, in the grand scheme of things, yeah, I that's not what the TMO is for. The TMO I feel like Holly,
1: I feel like Holly would have been like, I've heard enough, why are you still talking to me? Yeah,
0: yeah exactly, exactly. She would have been, she would have been. Um so yeah, I think oh it's a difficult one. The TMO, I think, should be there for giving the referee angles. And letting them uh, assisting assisting the referee with their decision rather than telling them whether or not they're right or wrong. If they can provide video evidence of something that the referee may have missed, may have not missed, um, and then they can guide them to a, a decision based on what they can see. That should be the way it should be. Shouldn't be TMO saying you're wrong. This is what it is.
1: Well, you've already mentioned her, um, eventual player of the match, Karen Paquin. She scares the bejesus out of me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the look in her eye, I'm like, uh, I'll just look the other way, please. Uh, please don't hurt me. Um, who, who was another player or two for you that caught your eye?
0: She, how does she get, she's literally everywhere on the park. So yeah. Being in At I one point,
1: gonna... I, I was like, I'm not sure what position she plays because she's playing three of them.
0: Exactly. She loves she loves standing in those outside channels. She loves having the opportunity to, to run short lines to draw in defenders on those outside channels. So um, for me, she, she she played really, really well. It, as I mentioned just before the um, Allery um kick through, and she'd done so, so well been a, a kind of a, a two on two that she'd almost made into a, a two on one um with with her kind of footwork and she's such a threat that she draws defenders into her as well yeah solid solid in defense fantastic over ball so um yeah she's definitely a, a standout player for me i also thought that um uh the uh, canadian kicker um to goody yes. Imagine a, a number eight that kicks. I think it's brilliant. I think it's so I good.
1: love that, I love that.
0: So good, and what a kicker she is as well. Nailing them from the top line. She, she's fantastic. Um, she's got a pretty good um, percentage kicking rate. I
1: wonder if she grew up playing a different position and just got used to it. And she's like, sure, I'll keep doing that now.
0: Yeah, There's got to
1: be a story behind that.
0: Yeah, and it would be good to find that out. It would be good to, to, to find out whether or not she was a, a 10 at kind of coming through minis and things and uh, and then clearly got too big to play 10 or, or far too good to play, good to play 10 and became a number eight. So, um, yeah, it would be interesting to know kind of where she, she played um, her um, kind of mini rugby and, and as she came up through um, the ranks because she's got a fantastic boot on her. She stood out for me and then... In terms of in terms of USA, I thought Zachary played well. I thought um, Kelter, your number twelve, um, she had a good game. She's oh, so, so Kelter
1: good. the Belter. She was awesome.
0: She's so good, isn't she? She's she's such a strong ball carrier, and like uh, like um, Packwood, she just draws defenders to her. She's just because she's such a threat. She creates space for other people just by running decoy lines. So yeah, yeah. When she, think, when she got
1: yellow carded, when she got yellow carded, a lot of steam came, came out of our engine. I think.
0: Yes, I think it did. She was um, she strikes me as as a. Uh, um, a very not I don't think emotional is the right word to say, but a very um I'm gonna go for emotion driven player. I feel like she's mm. she's very when things are going well, she's very much a hype person. When things are going not well, she she, she you can kind of see the steam coming out of her ears. She's yeah. A passion probably passionate.
1: She, so. she tossed at least one stink stink eye during this one for sure.
0: very much so very much so um but yeah those those kind of four stood out for me um you've you've got to mention that um the Canadian prop um she's she's been outstanding she was Quieter in that um, USA game. Whether or not um, I'm trying to think how long she played, I don't actually know. I don't think she was on for a huge amount of time. Whether or not they're resting or going into to England, I wonder. Um, mm. But she was. She's been kind of outstanding um, the rest of the tournament, so she'll probably be uh, one to watch in in the in the game against England. Only well, kind of well, Sorry. Oh, sorry, so, dude, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, only other thing that I would say about mm. the game that that's going to be interesting going into to next week or this week coming, should I say? I think Canada set a piece was really really good. Canadian discipline. They they struggled a bit with with their discipline. I think um they conceded. I think just in the first half they conceded nine penalties. So. Against the team that they're going to come up against, like England, who have got fantastic kickers, kickers from hand, Scarrett, Harrison, um, and and Roland, they're they're going to punish them in in, in that regard. So mm. something that Canada will need to to kind of stay on top of is their discipline, particularly in their own twenty-two. They can't be given away penalty after penalty because they will be punished by um, England in 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 that sense. So.
1: Yeah. Well, as as you've alluded to, uh, that that leaves us with just the four teams. The semifinals are set to kick off in about thirty one hours, as we record this. Um, Canada will get us started against England, followed by an absolute cracker: New Zealand versus France. Um, I've noticed that they're updating the world rankings as this tournament's progressed. So these four nations are now ranked as the top four in the world. Canada have moved up and are now ahead of France. Um, do you think these rankings are accurate? Do you even care about those things?
0: That is very interesting. And do you know what, David? I did not. I did not know that. Um, there... I was so surprised. Oh, okay, interesting. We've said throughout this this whole tournament, Canada have been such. Dark horses, and in, in terms of of kind of coming out of of the woodwork, and nobody really knowing because we've never really seen them. But we yeah. haven't seen them for a long period of time on an international stage. It's been so difficult to, to kind of know what they're going to throw out there. Albeit a lot of their players do play in kind of the, the the Premiership in England, so we get to see them. But we've not seen kind of the Canada team as it is kind of playing together. So very very interesting that they've leapfrogged over um and um, France. I think that france are going to have to put in a hell of a performance if they're going to beat the black ferns um mm. and i think canada are going to have to put a hell of a performance in if they're going to beat england so it could be interesting as to how the world's rankings stand at the end of of, of the weekend and, and, and into next week so um i do th- that's very interesting though and canada as well they're what they're the, la- they're the last amateur team standing you're going them versus the the, the professionals, the big dogs. So fantastic that they're kind of sitting above France in in those world rankings.
1: So in fact, that was one of my next questions. Um, If Canada somehow do pull off an upset based on what we've been talking about, would that actually be bad for the sport in a way?
0: Do you know, my parents are both English, so they'll hate me for saying this, but I think it would be brilliant. I honestly think it would. (laughs) Sorry, Mum, Dad. <laughs> um, no, I now I, know that your
1: mom will listen to this too. So you're really hanging yourself out there.
0: I know the pair of them do, so they will know, they will know. Um I I think that it would be fantastic for the game if if Canada can pull some magic um out of their 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 bags and, and, and put in, do you know, even to put in a good performance against England. They might mm. not be able to come away from the, with the win, but if they put out a solid performance and show that they can, as an amateur team, compete with the best, one of the best in the world, I think that would be fantastic. And I think it would be really good for Canadian rugby as well. All across Definitely. the world, yes, it, it's, it's, it's up and coming. We're getting more young girls playing. We're getting more um, kind of development setups coming, coming through. So for Canada to put, out a good performance to potentially cause a massive upset. It'll be all over the news. It's the the, the kind of the kind of um, promotion that, that that the game would kind kind of needs. To be honest with you, so I think it would be fantastic if, if Canada are able to put out a good performance uh, against England this weekend.
1: It is a guarantee that there will be multiple headlines that just say, "Yes, they Canada."
0: Oh, he's hyped on himself there. Very good.
1: <laughs> so, how, long you,
0: how long have you been sitting on that one? That was really good.
1: <laughs> only about 10 like 10 minutes actually.
0: <laughs> I love uh, that. I love that. And if they don't use that, if Canada did really well and they don't use that, then they've missed the trick. They've missed the exactly. trick.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I'll have a talk with them. Um, so last week I, I had you take on the role of Scotland's head coach just prior to their final pool stage match. This week, you're going to be somebody new. And that is Kevin, uh, is it Rouette or Rouet, do you happen to know? Um, if I pick one, I'm sure it's going to be wrong. It's the overall conundrum with French-Canadians. Um, I'll, go, I'll go French and say that you're Kevin Rouet. And yeah. uh, you're, giving your fi- you're giving your final speech tomorrow before your team takes on the Red Roses. What are you going to tell them? And don't forget, you're Canadian now, so you have to be polite.
0: Okay, I'll be very polite. Um, I am saying we need to, do you know what, Canada's set piece against um, the USA it was actually really, really good as well. They were, their their scrum was fairly solid, their line out functioned well, they got themselves in good positions from their line outs and their scrums to play some good attack in rugby so i think i'd be telling them let's nail the basics let's get our our lineouts and our scrums right and set up a good platform for our backs um the likes of of um our, our kind of back three to get running with the ball because that's where, where Canada are dangerous they're good at their their mauls they, they've shown against usa and they've shown in the pool stages just how good they are that's going to be a head to head against england because we know how good mm. are our line out defense and with their their mall attack so that's going to be a big front up the canadians are going to need to to, to um front up kind of physicality wise in in that regard um so that's where we'd be focusing i would be focusing on nailing set piece um nailing mall defense um and then setting up a fantastic platform for for the back three to to kind of be unleashed
1: so we're going to save our you know specific predictions for the very end but in a more general sense you know what are you expecting to see out of this game what are you anticipating you're going to be watching
0: i would like to see i think the the canadian england game is going to be a game of it's going to be a forward heavy game i think i think england have got some fantastic backs but against um australia it was a it was a forwards heavy game, and to be honest with you, I don't think some of the backs had a fantastic game. They were struggling to 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 catch the ball, um, so I think that, that their forwards were were really where they 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 performed. So, I think we're going to see a fairly forwards heavy game. Stick it up the jumper, keeping it tight. And um, again, depends on what the weather's doing. If the weather's gorgeous, then we might see a bit more flowing rugby from from the the, the red roses. Um, I was just going to
1: want... say, I heard a weather report. I don't know anything about that. I I, I always forget yeah. to check ahead. Of time.
0: Let, let shall shall we have a super quick look and yes. see but real I time weather prediction. BBC Weather. And we are for Saturday. Oh, it looks good.
1: Oh yay!
0: It's going to be slightly cloudy, but it's going to be warm, and it's get so sunny intervals and a fresh breeze. So that should be. Good for some kind of running rugby from from both teams. I think I think we'll see the forwards doing their job, setting up a good platform. But I think I think some of the tries are going to come from from out wide. Um, hopefully Scarlett will get kind of her hands on the ball a bit more because we didn't really notice her again in, in the Australian women. Whether, no. weather again that, that that kind of made it a forwards heavy game. But I didn't really notice her at all. Um, so hopefully we'll get some more kind of um, running rugby being played this weekend.
1: So in the other match, I mean, the Black Ferns seem to be getting better each round, frighteningly so. Um, do you think we're seeing the fruits of bringing in Wayne Smith? Do you think he's a big part of that difference? Um, they they seem to me stronger up front. Um, what even a few weeks ago kind of looked like randomness now feels more like, I don't know, organized chaos. What What are your impressions of New Zealand right now?
0: No, I agree with that. And I think he, I think... Whatever he is doing, he is doing a blooming good job. Um, they they are so physical yet so elegant. It's it's in it's an incredible the the handling ability of of from one to fifteen is incredible. You've got props in wide channels executing two on ones beautifully. It's incredible. And that's That is the difference that that puts them above all all other teams that they've come against so far. Um, I think whatever he has been doing is, is fantastic. They're a really physical team. Their uh, 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 defensive structure seems to be working really, really well for them. They were flying up and and getting off the line in their their quarterfinal, shutting teams down so, so well. And they've got the physicality to win turnovers at the breakdown. They've got the physicality in in their scrums and their lineouts. They're just a solid, solid team all over, and they've got fantastic skill sets. So. I think whatever he's been doing is, has been f- fantastic for for the, um, the Black Ferns and, and, and growing the game as well, because it's exciting rugby to watch.
1: So France, of course, have been absolutely suffocating on defense thus far. Um, if you're the Black Ferns, how are you going to counteract that? Um, will the French manage to keep the score low yet again? And if they do, do they have a legit shot?
0: Do you know, I think if France turn up and they play like they have, like they did in the last twenty minutes of, of of their quarterfinal. It's going to be a good game. If France don't turn up, they they, they let the the silly errors creep in, the handling errors, the, the 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 lack of of support over ball. They got turned over so many times by Italy. Just a lack of 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 kind of um, maintaining possession. Just silly. One up runners—that—that—that's um, not characteristic of the, the French team that we know. So, I think if they are going to, if they are going to to kind of come ag- up against New Zealand and put on a good show, they need to. Get rid of all those errors. They need to be clinical in all aspects of the game from the first minute to the 80th minute. They need to get the likes of um, Boulard and, and, and Grises the ball early and in space. That is where they are most dangerous. And I think the French team, what I've been most impressed with them over the course of, of this um, World Cup is their um, counter attack. They've mm. they been solid in counter attack. Now we know New Zealand are are, are are a really strong defensive team, and they've got a pretty good kick chase. But if the French are able to get in behind and and, and break through um, on, on counter attack, if they're able to recycle the ball quickly um, and 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 look to spread it wide, then I think they could they they could be in with a, a, a kind of chance against the Black Ferns. Depends on whether or not they switch on from the first minute, because that's what they need to do.
1: So I'm going to, I'm hoping to get you to make what I call a critique sandwich. (laughs) So basically you say something nice and positive, something you've really enjoyed overall throughout this tournament. Then you point out something that you didn't like so much, maybe something you think they could have done better, something they missed, um, you know, an underwhelming performance by a team. It's up to you. And then you sort of sandwich it, sandwich it inside another piece of positivity bread with something else you're gonna look back on fondly. Um, To give you a chance to think about that, I'll I'll whip up a sandwich myself. Um, So for me, the overall level of enthusiasm for the players and the fans throughout this whole tournament has been through the roof. The crowds have been so ecstatic and just so supportive but even more so the pure joy that we have witnessed on the pitch. I'm thinking back to, you know, Fiji getting their first ever World Cup win. I mean, just the scenes that I'm, when I close my eyes, I I, I see all these signs of celebration and just busting out happiness. Um, You can just tell how much this means to everyone involved. In the middle of this sandwich, I've been a little bit bummed by some of the commentators, especially... The last uh, pool stage matchup between Canada and my Eagles, I mean, I've I've never heard a less enthusiastic lead up to a match, especially one of this high profile. I, I'm guessing it's because they're not there and they had, you know, set their alarms and woken up at whatever it was, two in the morning, and they were still waking up or something. But to me, that's just not okay. Like it 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 downplayed the importance of a fixture like that and it made the evening feel unspectacular when it should have been just, you know, something you would remember forever. So for my final piece of positivity bread, I'm just going to say Ruby Tui. I don't think there's ever been a player who's so quickly and thoroughly just won me over. She's not just like a, a, a world level top class player. She makes me feel like she's a friend of mine. Um, you know, every now and then you come across a person who just has that magical quality about them and you, you can't quite describe it. She's got that bursting out in all directions. So incredible. Um Okay, that's my little sandwich. Rach, what are you gonna come up with for your critique sandwich? And I think, by the way, we'd all like some chips and a pickle with that.
0: (laughs) Uh, No, I could not agree more about Ruby Toohey. She's just so exciting, isn't she? And she just, I don't know what it is about her. But you just, whenever she gets on hands on ball, she always does something magical with it. So no, totally agree with you there. I am going to have to agree with you in terms of the atmosphere that the the New Zealanders have created. That's going to be my positive one to start with, because I think where they played the games, the, the the kind of atmosphere at the grounds, the the welcomingness, kind of having a bit of insider from, from my sister and, and the rest of the Scotland team, the welcomeness of the, the New Zealanders um, and allowing the, the Scottish girls to experience the culture. I think the culture of the World Cup has, has been fantastic. Everybody that I've seen, all the players that I've seen that I follow on Instagram and all the rest of that, look like they're having a fantastic time the the whole place just looks fantastic and so that has to be my my positive um, start my negative oh goodness me I would have to say do you know what I'm gonna say the English back line in the last game against Australia really disappointed me I know, oh. I know it was a wet day, but some of them just they just couldn't seem to catch a cold. I just, there was just huh. too many handling errors for me. And I, I England are known as being a, a very decent squad from 1 to 15. But for me, against Australia, I think it was a very forwards heavy game. And I don't think the backs did enough to prove to me that they should deserve to win the World Cup. So that's going to well, be...
1: It doesn't rain very much in England, so it must have been very strange for them.
0: <laughs> no, I know they should be used to that. And and I wanted something a bit more exciting from, from their back line and I just didn't get it. And I was a bit I was a bit disappointed at that. So um, that's gonna be my, my negative. Um and what is my positive? My positive is Canada being the last amateur team in this competition and still having put out numerous good performances have scored some sensational tries and um, that is my positive because go Canada I hope they can do it for all the, the kind of amateur teams I hope we can get some some really good passages of play over the weekend some fantastic highlights get the coverage out there and, and hopefully kind of spark something um, good over that side of the world.
1: It's funny. So before we started, I mentioned how um, my partner has decided that she wants to watch this tournament with me, which is so great. And so last Saturday, we had gone to see a play in Boston. We get home. It's for us very late. And she's like, is there any more of that World Cup on? And I'm like, oh, yes. Uh, USA versus Canada starts in 15 minutes. And she's like, we're in. And I swear, it's, it's after midnight. And we're both both out of our seats going, no, Canada. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I love it! I love it so good. It Look, that, that's that is the power of the, the coverage. That is the power of of getting women's rugby onto to, to this to the TVs around the world. It is an exciting game to watch. It's it is some of the best rugby that that we have ever ever seen come out of the women's game, and it's so so exciting and so encouraging to see new fans getting picked up left, right, and centre. And long may it continue.
1: So it's just about our prediction time. But before we do that, I have a final question for you. I'm hoping to get your, your honest take on this one. So people love talking about an event like this representing, you know, a chance for little girls at home to see something new, something inspiring, something that makes them go, wow, I love this. I didn't know this was possible. This is what I want to do. This is something I want to become. Is that, real or is it just hyperbole? Do you believe, you know, a new generation is potentially being inspired as we speak?
0: Totally, 100%. You cannot be it if you can't see it. That's yep. that's one of those those phrases that has come out more and more over the, the past couple of months and, and past couple of weeks, particularly surrounding this this World Cup. There's young girls sitting there who are coming up through their rugby clubs, who are playing <clears throat> Probably with, with still with the boys in 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 the prime, when they're still at, at kind of primary school over here, still playing with the boys that are looking. Do you know what I want to do? That I want to be part of a women's team. I want to play for my country. And as I say, you if you can't see it, you, you can't be it. You can't aspire to be it. So I honestly do. I think that. It is shown from the last World Cup, from the, the likes of us, and um, particularly in, in Britain, having got the, the premiership, having got more coverage of, of the women's game on TV, more coverage on um, um, social media, having TikToks sponsor the Six Nations, things like that. It is getting the branch out there it's getting it on young people's screens on their phones on their ipads on whatever and it is truly inspiring the next generation to, to want to achieve um uh things like that and play for their country so i do wholeheartedly believe that um it is inspiring the next generation
1: rachel that is exactly what i was hoping you were going to say that was awesome <laughs> um that of course brings us to our official scrum of the earth rugby world cup predictions and as always all predictions wrong or double your money back um rachel i went first last time do you want to switch that up or keep going the way we did
0: go on i'll go first this week right what game are we doing first do you want the black Ferns, france first
1: uh i like to go in order england versus canada will be our first offering what do you got
0: i am going to see 31 12 to england
1: it's pretty good.
0: It's a write very a compelling a score. It yeah, I'm
1: adding it to my little notes here so because there's no way I'd remember otherwise. Um no, I no. of course I of course want to say that Canada have a huge upset in them somewhere. Um you know, also if they managed to beat England, it would make the US losing to them feel a lot better.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's um, the real reason here, isn't it? That's the real reason.
1: Pretty much. Um However, I do think England are on a bit of a mission. I think they're like you've already talked about their depth, their consistency. That's probably going to see them through. Um, I see it at a wider margin. I think um, I'm going to say 42 to 18. 18. Um, New Zealand versus France, of course. Um, what do you what are you foreseeing in this one?
0: How do you know it's going to. Be- if France turn up, this is, this is going to be a fantastic game. And you know what? I, I, I hope that they do just for uh, the excitement of the game. I'm going to have to back New Zealand, though, in their, their home World Cup with the support and fans behind them and just how well they have played over the, the past four games. I'm going to say Black Ferns, 28. France, 21.
1: Ooh, oh, that would be the game of the tournament if that's how it unfolds, oh my gosh.
0: Yeah.
1: So if France still had Sansou, is it Sansou, Sansouce. Yeah. I, I, I feel like every time I hear somebody say it, they say it differently. Yeah. Um, if they still had her though, this mountain would be a lot less steep. But for me, I think the black friends just keep getting better on like a daily basis. Um, and they were probably a better team to begin with. And so here's where I sound like a lunatic, though. Um, and I know this is quasi-mystical nonsense, but I think the closer they get to the final, the more their home field advantage kind of kicks in. I think the sort of power of the Aotearoa is building up to a crescendo that's going to end up overwhelming the French this time around, at least. Uh, give me New Zealand 39 to France 13.
0: Ooh. Yeah, wow. wow. yeah. I do think that I do think the home advantage. It's like having an extra player, isn't it? When you've got more mm. like, cheering from you, and boy, did the New Zealanders know how to 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 create an atmosphere. So, yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be something. Oh, and they
1: and they won't be playing against an All Blacks game at that time either.
0: Is also true, <laughs> when, when, conveniently. Oh my word. I know, that was uh, last week's palaver, wasn't it? But.
1: Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Like I said at the time, it's the first time I've ever intentionally just said nope, not not watching an All Blacks game. It's it's it felt mad, but you know, no way was I going back on that.
0: No, nope. I agree, I agree. And uh, hopefully, a lot of a lot of people stood with us in that one as well, um, and 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 watched the Black Ferns instead of the All Blacks, and because they did put on a performance as well. So it was a very good. Oh, yes, very, very good watch.
1: Rachel, this was part two of our four-parter. I'm so happy that you're doing this with us. Um, thank you again for sharing your time, your wisdom with us here on the Scrum of the Earth. Uh, we'll see you again next week to see what, if anything, we got right here today. Uh, until then, you know, have a lovely weekend. Enjoy the amazing rugby. Please take care of your head. Please take care of yourself. Um, anything else you need to leave us with before we go?
0: No, I am just excited. So make sure you set your alarms um, and get up because they're going to be two cracking games.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, Rach, have a lovely weekend. I hope everything goes great. I hope your head's all better very, very soon. And I can't wait to see you next week.
0: Thank you so much for having me once again. And I look forward to speaking to you next week.